Three, two, one. Welcome back. <laughs> wow. It's, it's been a while. It was literally last year when we last did this. Indeed. And yes. I feel like, yeah, a lot has changed, right? A lot has changed. And one thing that has changed is, IJ, you have moved into this house. Yes, yes. I slowly inched my way into your life. <laughs> and I'm like, no, yeah, you know, it, it just it was a good blessing from God. Um, my former roommate, I was getting married. And so um, I needed a place to stay and they happened to have an opening in their house and it just yes. all fell into place. So praise God that we actually, we actually um, told the guy to leave. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, he he wanted to move anyway, so we okay. said, "Oh yeah, perfect timing." And then, IJ, you came at the right time, and you mm. have blessed us abundantly in this house. If you guys were here lifetime, you guys would be very surprised of how clean the house is <laughs> compared to, I guess, two months ago. But yeah, so, sorry, I, I'm very particular and very like anything like. Clean, clean this, do this. Do this. It's, it's, been a a win. it's been a win-win. <laughs> okay. Is it, okay. Well, as long as you, you heard that here first, it's a win-win. <laughs> I'm glad that uh, yeah, we can work together well. No, but you guys have been pretty good. Um, it's not like I'm doing everything. You guys <laughs> do stuff. So <laughs> yeah, We try our best. And that's all I could ask from you guys to do your best. Anyway, um, how have you been otherwise? Good, good. Yeah, just usual work and life. Life. Yeah, what about yourself? Life is life, likewise for me. Mm, mm, I mm. feel like I always give the same answer, but it is the same answer. Business. Business as usual. Ah, there it is. <laughs> Business as usual. But um, yeah, we have a great, <laughs> exciting episode to come today. Yes. And... Um, yeah, I'm excited for our guests. Uh, would you do the honors, James? Are we not going to play our intro song? Oh, whoa, I got that so ahead of myself. Um, yes, we'll be right back after the intro. You've been listening to the King's Army podcast. And we'll be right back. massive treat for you guys today yes sir well then many men have walked on this earth's soil and only few have lived to tell the myth of their greatness <laughs> but there is none other than the legend himself the man the myth the legend in the flesh, Daniel Chang. There he is. Yes, the man himself. Hello, well, hello. Welcome to the podcast see. arena, the King's Army Arena. Thank you for having me. Really excited, a bit nervous. 
We are glad you are here. Without further ado, let's crack, crack, crack. break the ice. Question let's one. Go. Yep. Do you have a guilty food that is your? Oh, do you have a food that is your guilty pleasure? I've got heaps, but definitely ice cream. I eat ice cream every night without fail. You can ask Sammy. It's wow. truth. Yep. Really? Every night. What what flavor do you normally smash down? I usually don't discriminate. Oh, okay. Uh, if it's bougie ice cream like Messina, Ooh. I go hazelnut. Okay. But usually because hazelnut. I'm more of a quantity guy, I just go hard by those big tubs like a Bulla ice cream. Can you I've finish got, like one of them in one go? Not like the huge like three, four liter tubs, uh. but... I have a rule when I go to Woolies, I don't spend more than 60 cents per 100 mils. Mm. Yeah, it, it limits me to the big tubs, but I... I, I so right. specific. Yeah. Well, it's because I don't want to be spending too much money on ice cream because I do eat it, eat it every day. Really? Yeah. Alrighty. Question two. Question two. What is your favorite movie? Ooh. I feel obliged to say The Passion of the Christ. <laughs> Uh, I, I like a movie series. It's it's the Bourne series, the um, Jason Bourne, Jason Bourne oh. with Matt Damon. Oh. I'm very much into like the espionage, like you know, crime and 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 all that stuff. And I love like you know, the combat fighting and all that stuff. So Jason Bourne. Question three: mm. What would be your first question after waking up from being cryogenically frozen for 100 years? So it's 2,224. <laughs> we have to really think about that. Like a math, yeah, it's, a fr- yeah it, it's, it's, it's hard to do math on an afternoon. Look, I think the, the, again, the Christian answer should be, has Jesus returned? The non-Christian answer would be is, wait, did you say 100 years or 1,000 years? 100, 100 years. Well, Sammy would be 131, which he'd still be alive. Maybe I'd ask if my <laughs> wife is still alive. <laughs> that's that's really um, sweet. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Okay. That's sweet. Question four. What is your morning routine like? Oh, um, yeah. So usually I get up at about six. Um, and usually one of our two boys is already awake. So even though oh, I said so you, you usually get up at six, I usually get up at six. What what time did you get up? Like usually, like before before like our marriage, like before kids in that case. Before kids, so post marriage, but before kids, yeah, still probably about six six thirty oh, okay. maybe. Oh wow. Uh, well, I I usually leave for work at seven, so I I, I can't I need to wake up a little bit early, but these days um, Isaac and Caleb or one of the two will wake up before six, and so. Um, usually I wake up to the sound of um, one of them crying. Yes, I wake up. um, Yeah, usually these days, like I go straight into like having a shower. Um, I do my devotions on the, in the bus, just in case um, you're you're thinking when I do that. So yeah, these days, to be honest, it's go straight into the kid's room, um, you know, change the nappy. And I usually try to have a shower, make Isaac breakfast, and then I'm usually out the door by seven. 
Um, and so you, yeah, I, I spend maybe 10, 15 minutes playing with Isaac. You, you don't drink any coffee or no, no breakfast? No. So I, I, I leave home at seven, get to work just, just before eight. Uh, on the ride, the 30-minute bus ride is when I do my devotions. Uh-huh, it's uh-huh. a bit rushed. I wish I um, – one of my resolutions this year is to wake up even earlier and do my devotions at home. But, yeah, so I do my devotion and then I have my breakfast and coffee at work. Uh-huh. So work's gracious enough to provide, you know, oh, bread, nice. bananas, um, a proper coffee machine. So that's my routine in the morning. Nice. Question five. You can relive one day from the past. Which day would that be? Oh, relive one day in the past. Hmm. Hmm. Great question. Um, in case Sammy is listening, I will say, um, I will say the day of our marriage. Mm. But in case she's not listening, um, yeah, I don't know. I kind of want to go back to 11th grade when I was at camp and when I had my first encounter with the Lord. I just want to feel that feeling again. Uh, I can't actually put words to describe it. I was thinking about it. Um, it was a big turning point in my life, but I just want to feel, yeah, that feeling again. I, I knew that was going to be your answer in that <laughs> order. Yes. I knew, I knew. <laughs> There's a, there's a bit of a trend here, as, you, so, as you'll notice. So the day in year 11 at camp, okay. Yep. And then last question, what is one thing you learned about yourself recently? Oh, one thing that I keep learning again and again, um, as Sammy reminds me all the time through marriage, is that I am quite selfish. I didn't think I would be, but... Marriage has definitely revealed um, that weakness of mine. And yeah, it's, it's my, my, my selfishness is displayed in so many ways, mm-hmm. to be honest. I don't think I was selfish, but definitely now that I've become a husband and a parent, I've realized, wow, I actually am quite selfish, mainly with my time, but just with my priorities, how I think about things. Yeah, it's, it's been really challenging for me, actually. Mm. Well... Thank you for completing our icebreaker questions. We can officially say that ice is broken. Thank you. And then this part is more about, about kind of what have we been reading, I guess, and also how God has been speaking through us to his word, uh, to us through his word. Um, would, yeah. you like, would you like to continue? Yeah, I can start. Yeah. Um, you know, something that's actually been on my mind a lot as um, a worker in my, in my companies, I've been working in the same team with my same manager for just over nine years. Wow. And look, I, I, I hope he does listen to the King's Army podcast, but I'm also hoping he doesn't because I do want to share about him. Uh, he's been, look, he's been, it's been, there's been a bit of friction between him and I. Um, it's been a prayer point. Um, you know, he's a great advisor. He's a great... Um, he's very successful at what he does, but it's been challenging working with him. There's a lot going on in his life, but also I think him and I are just very different personalities. And so we've been clashing a lot. And I kid you not, and it's not only, only because I'm on the King's Army, but you can check the, Sol- the um, Solid Joys app. But the title was, if I can get my phone out, oh, yeah. for today's passage, How to Serve 
a bad boss. James is looking there. January 19th, right? And He's not look, making this stuff up. I'm not making this stuff up. And so Ephesians chapter 6, verse 7 to 8. I won't read it, but basically there's a few points there. The number one is obviously a call to radically Lord-centered living. Uh, number two is a call to be a good person. Um, and so that's despite, despite what my manager does and says, my call is a Lord-centered living. And it's, um, it's letting Jesus shine in my life. And the point three, power to do a good job for inconsiderate earthly employees. Um, and encouragement that nothing good is done in vain. And so, and, and, and so and the last point, obviously, is that ultimately, I don't call, I'm not, um, my manager is not my ultimate boss, but Jesus Christ is. And he might treat me and, and, and say bad things to me, but ultimately, I go to work each day to work and serve and to give glory to my Lord Jesus. And so, mm. yeah, I, I, that's just something that I want to share today because it, yeah, it literally <laughs> has been a prayer point, but uh, my devotion from this morning. No, thanks for sharing. Thank you. Encouraging. James was there. For Not me, that, well, lately I've been um, listening to like sermons on Spotify on like just whilst I'm on my way to work, driving or just on the train. And there was a recent sermon that I listened to by Pastor John MacArthur. And yeah, I've, I, I listened to one sermon that was about the story of Joseph. And I'm, I'm very familiar with the story of Joseph, but in the, the way he like kind of described the story from top to bottom and like revealing like more interesting things, like how when his brothers sold Joseph to the Egyptians, oh no, what was it? Like the, I guess the guys the who traders. were the traders, like, it doesn't come out till later, but yeah, like the Bible talks about how Joseph pleads and ple- like pleads with his brothers to not sell him, and that sort of like um, emotion kind of like was like interesting to me as well. But overall, like yeah, the lesson kind of like he, sh- he was sharing about was how the sermon title was um, God. I think it was God means God means for good, and like yeah, um, the verse where Joseph explains to his brothers you know what you guys meant for evil you know god meant for good mm-hmm. and i think definitely like joseph is one of those bible characters who did go through many like injustices and many mm-hmm. sufferings and i guess thinking back to my i guess my life it's not like i have been through many injustices like or like been through what joseph's gone through but definitely like as a human like definitely we feel like sometimes oh it's not going my way or the way I expected. Mm. Um, and like for my case, like, yeah, I've been applying to like some jobs, but like I've been very unsuccessful. Mm. Like, oh, why me, God? And then like, I guess like the thought just comes through there. And then it was encouraging to hear like yeah, Pastor John MacArthur saying, yeah, Joseph, although he, he felt like this, you know, he really leaned to God in those times. And then eventually like definitely God's goodness, you know, shines through. And then, yeah, it was an encouragement to me. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Awesome. Awesome. No, thanks for sharing. For sharing. My one is, um, so I've been reading a book that uh, a special friend told me to read, and it's called The Meaning of Marriage yeah. by Timothy Yeah. <laughs> 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 anyway. Why, IJ? <laughs> yeah, I'm dating his cousin. Yep. Nah, it's yeah. I, so I anyway. Agree. 
<laughs> yes, he's got my back, which is good. I appreciate it. <laughs> but yeah, I've been, it's been a really good read. And one thing that stuck out to me um, that I ended up highlighting was like this little narrative. So this book goes through, obviously, the meaning of marriage. And it, it draws up a lot of uh, examples and stories of different people to bring out some of the points that it's talking about. Mm. And so one of the things um, it was talking about was... Um, you know, being uh, so stable in your faith and so stable in your relationship with God. Mm. Um, and, it, and it talks about this idea of um, being having emotional wealth in God. Mm. So I'll just read a bit of the excerpt where it says, uh, she began to experience what we called emotional wealth, a sense of being loved so deeply that when someone wrongs us, uh, we can afford to be generous and be able to forgive. Mm-hmm. And I think that just the idea of emotional wealth and, and contentment uh, in the Lord really uh, spoke to me, and that's why I highlighted it. And it reminded me of um, this passage, uh, Philippians, uh, a very famous one, 4. And normally 13 is normally the one mm. quoted. But yep. I think the verses before, mm. especially verses 12, um, well, the verse before verse 12 is, is, um, an important verse where it says, I know that uh, what it is to be in need and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And I think mm. Paul says his secret to contentment is, is Christ. Mm. And I feel like. Yeah, it was just a very good reminder to be like, where is my uh, heart is, heart, like where is my heart and where do I delight in the Lord? And yeah, I just want to have that emotional wealth Mm. of just knowing um, the Lord Jesus Christ's love. So yeah, amen. that was was what I... I actually like that. I think that's a good um, segue that we can come back to later when Mm. we talk about... Mm. Uh, specific topics that we want to talk about today mm. um, we can revisit the yes, idea indeed. a bit later so let's park that mm-hmm. to the side uh, but as usual the big question that we always ask in the podcast is how do we know you Daniel mm. Chang how do we know you well um, yeah we, we, I know you guys or yeah you guys know me through One Family Church that's right One Family Church where oh, is that? Great question. To <laughs> be Factory Street, Granville, 2142, New South Wales, Australia. Yes. And what time do we normally meet up? Great question. It's mm. a 3 p.m. start. Wow, that sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> Which means if you can, um, you know, come a little bit earlier so you can find parking, as Pastor Hewan shared in the previous podcast. And yeah, get to know others. You will be welcomed. You will be guided to a wonderful seat. But 3 p.m. every Sunday, One Family Church OFC is where it's at. Yes, yes. A round of applause. Great work. Praise the Lord. And we love our church. (laughs) Um, But there's also one thing I always wanted to ask, and I Mm. guess I never got around to it. How did you first meet James? That's my... I, I don't think I've ever heard the origin story of how... James Joe and Daniel Chang met. Do you guys, well, from your perspective, yeah, do you, what do you recall? 
Well, James, when I first met him, it would have been probably 2014. Is that when? Around that time. I yeah, 2014. James would have been, what, 15 years old? 14, 15. Yeah. 14, 15. And we were 24. We were 24. <laughs> RJ and I are the same age, by the yeah, way. Yeah, buddy. Our brothers are the same age and went to the same school. Yeah, so parallels. crazy coincidence. <laughs> yeah, James was a timid, very cute. I mean, he's still, you know, pretty cute <laughs> now. <laughs> but he was so, he was really quiet. Were you wearing braces back then? I think I was. You were wearing yeah. braces. You were stuck to the hip with your really adorable sister, Ruby. And um, yeah, I mean, I would have met you at church. It would have been, it would have may have actually been in Belfield, maybe when you were visiting. Really? Or, or maybe in Campsy. But yeah, it was a long time ago now. What's 20? That's like, that's, that's almost 10, 10 years, years ago, ago, actually. Wow. Yeah, so it was at church 10 years ago. Mm. When, when did you guys start to get close? Because I know there's a season where you guys got drastically closer. How did that look like? Yeah, well, um, so 2015, we went on missions together. Mm. So, um, you know, James's father, Reverend Pastor, well, Pastor Anton, was our pastor at the time. And he led our first OFC team trip to India, Love India, to Pune in Solapur. And so James and I were part of the same team. And yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's when it probably kicked off. I mean, he was still very young then. So I wasn't able to spend too much time with him, you know, because he was still very young and in high school. But I think when he probably came up was when I was able to spend more time. But I spent a lot of time with um, Pastor Anton. Mm. So naturally, we spent a lot of time together as well. Well, for me, yeah, like just going a bit deeper, I think what I remember, there was a time when we were going, obviously like going through the Love India training the weeks prior to going to India. And like, yeah, like Daniel didn't really come to the training until the very end, I think. <laughs> because yeah, like it wasn't like confirmed that he was going to go. So right. I just I only heard about him and then one evening he came, I think, yeah, we were training in the uh, mission hall and he came in, in like a suit mm. and I was like, oh, who's this guy? <laughs> and then, yeah, it was, it was Mr. Daniel himself. Mm. And then he was sharing how, oh yeah, I can go now guys. And then like the story behind it. Mm. And I was like, oh, John Mosh, isn't it? Like, is it, is it, big, is it cool? Oh. And then I- and then, Must have made it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was, that was nice. Mm. And then from there, like, obviously we go to Love India. And I remember being in the same, because one of our, I guess, schedule for the 10 days or so, that, like, so we were there. One of the days we were to visit, I guess, the host's homes. Oh, yes. And Daniel and I were placed in the same um, group. So it was just us two. And then like the host, they drove us on motorcycles mm. to the um, house. And then from there, like we slept together in that house. And I remember like Daniel waking me up in the morning for QT. I was like mm. sleeping. I was, still, I was still asleep. And he was like <laughs> gently nudging me. He's like, hey. Mm. <laughs> and I remember reading the Bible together. Mm. And then like there were a lot of dogs. <laughs> in our faces. A lot of stray dogs, a lot of dogs owned. Um, it was in the slums. It was, it was quite an experience, wasn't it? Mm. Yeah. So. yeah. And we've been on quite a few inland trips together. We've served in many outreach things together. 
Um, you were in the same, same small group. Same small well. groups Mainly, yeah. uh, until James left for greener pastures, <laughs> leading his own small group. So uh, uh, that's wonderful. But I've always been very fond of James. Mm-hmm. Lots of respect for him. So yeah, it's my honor. Wow, look, look at that for YouTube viewers. <laughs> look at the genuine. This is friendly bromance. <laughs> wow. Hand clasp and all. <laughs> mm. Well, Daniel, IJ is a close connection or possibly will be a closer <laughs> connection in the future. That's right. What is your first impression of Mr. IJ himself? Oh, um, I love IJ, honestly. <laughs> um, you know, we're the same age, but he's, you know, he's, he's just a, a, a masculine sculpture um he's super nice sculpted by the gods sculpted <laughs> by the gods and you know i think just doing lift with him probably in 2022 it would have been was probably when i was able to spend a bit more time uh-huh. with with ij and yeah it was just nice just hearing about you know his his love for the lord how he's grown in his journey you know prior to coming one family and so yeah, he's just super mature and I love what he's doing with the boys in our church, with King's Army and, and just all the things that happen behind the scenes actually, which I'm sure I don't even know all about. And so lots of respect. Very happy for Jess. Um, Jess is my cousin. I shouldn't say she's punching. Maybe they're both punching. But yeah, yeah. I approve of IJ. He's a great guy and um, looking forward to many family gatherings. Yes. One in February. Right One here. in February, yeah. See you there. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And IJ, first impression of DC? Yeah, I think um, definitely around the time when I first came to church. And uh, I think, yeah, it was just, um, I think it was near the time where Christmas uh, carols were happening. and Because um, I came around December and visited and, Daniel was one of the people who helped running that. And then he came up to me and asked to help. But I think we had some interactions as well previously, but just say hello and introduce, and like we introduced ourselves to each mm. other. But then, um, yeah, it was around that time, uh, the carols where like we, we talked a bit more and then we mm. found out, oh, we're the same age. Mm. And, and mm. then I was just oh, like, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. yeah. And then I was just like, oh yeah, it was just really fascinating to, to see someone, um, uh, yeah, my age for once because I was just so used yeah. to hanging around yeah. young people. But yeah. but then after that, that I knew him, a lot of the boys I spent time with, everyone would always talk about Daniel Chang and how he was this Ostag god. No, not <laughs> the anymore, best Ostag <laughs> and, and so, yeah, I to be honest, I started to get a bit intimidated mm. in that feeling like, Oh, he's so cool. Because <laughs> everyone's <laughs> oh, just like, oh, it's DC, oh, it's DC. And uh, like, he's well, the golden church Korean uh, oppa. OG, <laughs> the OG church oppa. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, and then I was I'm sure like, you were disappointed. Uh, no, no, no. You've <laughs> met all the expectations mm. that I, I had uh, because of, you know, what people were saying. And mm. yeah, no, you were just such a, for me, seeing you, how you serve on stage and this. And it, it was surprising because, like, you were saying you were nervous about going on a podcast, but then you're on stage leading service and you're so, like, charismatic and calm. Every time if I were to go on stage to do, like, a, like a, a 30 second mm. thing, it takes me a whole week to G myself mm. up and I'm so nervous. Like, yeah. even when I'm talking, I'm like, I feel like I'm shaking. But then when I see you, I'm like, how does he do it? How does he it's run lots it? Of prayer. Lots of prayer. Really. <laughs> the Holy Spirit. Yeah. <laughs> 
loads and loads of it. But no, yeah, it's and it's just great to see you um being so active uh in in church, even though, you know, when you get into the life stage that you are with mm-hmm. young kids and 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 in marriage, it, it's hard to and I and I see a lot of examples of married couples with kids. Um understandably they Mm. they would uh not have as much capacity Mm. to serve but it's just really encouraging to see um you still love and serve the church and Mm. and love god so much to to see um that Mm. um but yeah that was just my impression but speaking of Mm. um you loving the lord and earlier you mentioned a bit about it by the sounds of it in your year 11 camp which Mm. would have been 2007 that's right (laughs) Um, (laughs) but around that time Mm. um yeah could you share a bit more about your i guess like you said the turning point how Mm. uh, was your encounter with jesus and how did that come about and a bit of your background yeah a bit of background so um yeah, I, I grew up in our church. So before One Family Church became One Family Church, it was, you know, Korean Central Presbyterian Church. It was, it was in Belfield. And yeah, I pretty much was born into the church. As far as I could remember, I was attending um, from probably my mother's womb. And yeah, growing up in Sunday school, probably similar to both of you guys, because you guys are both uh, from a Christian family, I was, I was a very good Sunday school student. You know, I was one of those kids that, um, you know, was always caught up to the front to recite scripture, you know, and, and reciting both, the, you know, the Apostles' Creed in both English and Korean. Wow. And my mom, my parents were both Christian, but my mom, or are Christian, but my mom was the very sort of the more devout one. Like, you can't even, like, you know, Sunday is your Sabbath, you can't work, you have to be best dressed. And so that was my Sunday school. And that pretty much went on to high school. Now, in high school, um, you know, I was attending Sunday service very regularly. So I would, what you could be called probably a Sunday Christian. But I was introduced to the world of Strathfield, right? So every day when I'd go to school, I'd have to go via Strathfield. And, um, you know, towards the end of year seven, I started to get a few phone calls. Hey, Dan, you know, you should come hang out. And so, yeah, from year seven to about year 10, every day after school, I probably got home at about nine because I'd get to Strathfield at about four o'clock and me and my mates would spend hours at karaoke, at PC, internet cafes. That's when, you know, I started, you know, got introduced to smoking and, other, and, and, and drinking and other things, which, you know, we can talk about another time. And, um, but yeah, but I still went to church every Sunday and no one would have known So I was a very good Sunday Christian. And I think Christianity was not about God. It was about me. It was very much about as long as people saw that I was a good person, it probably didn't matter what I did Monday to Saturday. As long as on Sunday I was well-dressed, I was going to service, that's all that mattered. And and a really interesting story which summarizes all of that was in year nine, a few of us went to mission. We went on a cross-cultural mission, short-term to Vietnam. And there was a bunch of us that signed up. We were all in high school. We weren't Christian. In, in hindsight, when we, I wasn't a Christian, but we thought we were. And so we went, we signed up and I was in year nine. And basically there was a break between what time our service finished and what time the training started. It was about a three hour gap. So me and my mates who were going on the mission trip, we all caught a bus to Strathfield after service. And we were so bored. We decided to like roll someone. Broad daylight, Strathfield, uh, probably at like 2 p.m., 
and like literally, well, I I didn't participate actively mm-hmm. <laughs> in it. I was kind of like a few meters away, you know, watching from the sort of the from from afar. But basically, yeah, we just targeted someone, and you know, we tried, we tripped them, we you know, we tried to roll them. But it was broad daylight; like he was screaming. Everyone came, so we all got scared. We all like just scattered. We scattered, and, and luckily I was pretty fast back then, so I just run around, run around, and basically. Um, when the time was up, I caught a bus back to church so that I could participate in mission training. <laughs> like <laughs> that was sort of like my high school. Like right, right, right. I'd still do all those things, but behind the scenes, yeah, I was living a very worldly life. Mm. And yeah, it wasn't until 11th grade, which um, is, is when I really sort of, yeah, became a Christian. And so 11th grade, a lot of things happened. I changed schools. And at that school, um, even though it was a, public school public selective school there was a christian service every friday wow and the boys in my grade on thursdays after they found out i went to church but i was struggling as a christian they invited me to their thursday weekly bible study and so i had that going on in the background where i had some school friends saying daniel you got to stop swearing you got to stop doing things that you're doing and then not long after, I went to our church camp and it was actually Pastor Jacob's first year as a high school pastor. Wow. And he was preaching uh, at that camp. And I don't know, for, for some reason, for the first time in, 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 in my life, obviously, I think God really spoke to me. I think I really felt God's love. I think for the first time, the weight of sin really um, was felt and I felt the need um, to pray and I felt the need for a savior. And mm. I still vividly remember because I remember crying and I remember there was another pastor named Pastor Alex who was visiting from the US. He was a really good sort of friend and mentor and pastor of mine. He brought me aside and he said, Daniel, I've noticed something about you. I'm seeing you slowly put your hands up. You know, your friends are sort of going into the bushes and, you know, probably smoking and, and I'm seeing you kind of stick around and hanging around with the younger kids. And I was like, yeah, I just don't know. I, I, I'm feeling a, a real sense of joy and a real sense of peace. And yeah, that 11th grade, I started, yeah, I started going to those Bible study groups of school regularly. I started serving more at church on Sunday. And yeah, I think that was a real turning point in my life. I've had lots of ups and downs along the way, obviously. But I think, yeah, 2007 was when I first came to Christ. And Pastor Jacob actually confirmed me that year. Oh. And um, yeah, haven't looked back. Hmm. Mm. Praise the Lord! Wow, what a, VTL. What a yeah, VTL, dude. What what a testimony! Mm. No, like that—that that was the first time I heard of it, and I would have never expe- yep. <laughs> expected a story <laughs> like that um, to come out. But thanks for being mm. so honest and vulnerable and, and mm. sharing that. Um, but yeah, as when we do share our testimonies, the more we make ourselves look bad, the more glory goes mm. to God, and that's Amen. so encouraging to see. Um, how much God worked in you and, and, and changed, slowly changed mm. um, you uh, from what you were then mm. to, to slowly becoming um, more Christ-like mm. and, and not chasing the things of this world as mm. well. Wow. No, that's quite a, quite a journey. Yeah. So, um, yeah, uh, there's some things also... Um, that I wanted to ask you, like you mentioned in your stories so far, mm. that there is like mission, mission mm-hmm. trips and this mm-hmm. and that. And at our church currently, you serve um, in 
a branch of ministry at our church called uh, outreach. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what, for you, what makes you serve and lead outreach the way you do? What, what did, what do you feel like God placed on your heart to, to be a part of that ministry? Great question. Um, you know, the various reach ministries in our church are, are, are illustrated through actions. You know, there's in a forward reach, there's upreach. Mm. This is outreach. And so, I don't know, maybe I've always liked this action, which is why. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I, like, I, I've always had a heart for mission. And, um, you know, I was actually asked to serve in, in outreach by actually Pastor Anton, James's father, in 2015. Um, after attending a mission trip together. And I think a, a conversation that I had with him was, was, was very frank and it was talking about my desire to, and my prayer to think about cross-cultural missions for me um, in the future at that point. And so, yeah, it, it was something that was really big on my heart um, at the time. You know, I um, you know, was attending mission conferences. I you know, actually signed up to Bible College at SNBC to kind of learn a little bit more about missions uh, in a more formal setting. And... Yeah, I just, I don't know. I've just always felt that God has placed it in my heart to really want to love others. And mm. I fall short so many times. Um, but, you know, I really feel like God has given me a real joy to serve in outreach. And yeah, it's such a great privilege to be doing it at our church with our fellow brothers and sisters. And um, But I think I, I learnt a lot of it through Pastor Anton, actually. Yeah, just having such a missional pastor um mm. serving like serving under him or alongside him for few years um yeah really helped me a lot to grow a heart for for mission mm. Mm. thanks yeah that's really insightful so how many more years so for outreach <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, behind closed doors, I have a different answer because um, <laughs> this might go public. Nah. Um, look, I, I'll, I'll be honest. Um, you know, serving as an outreach leader has been a, a great joy, but often, um, you know, the, the sinful part of me feels like there's a bit of burden as well because sometimes I feel like as, as one of the outreach leaders, I feel like, you know, our ability to share the gospel to our neighbours, a lot of that falls down on at the leadership team. And so... You know, when I hear some members of our church going, well, why don't we do this for the community? Or, the, you know, the KM leadership say, oh, how come what MEM's not doing enough of this? Uh. I feel a lot of that burden. And, and that burden probably lies, to be honest, with the fact that I'm probably not praying enough for my community and not praying enough for um, the outreach in our church. And so, yeah, it's been a big weight on my shoulders for the last couple of years. But, you know, Pastor Monique and, and, and others, Pastor Hewan, have really encouraged me to say, Daniel, it's not about you. It's not about one person. You know, out, outreach will always be done the way that it, God exactly intends it. And so, yeah, every year I just ask the Lord, is, you know, is, is, do you want me to serve in outreach? And, you know, the pastors and Elder Sam will always confirm it for me, but I'll keep leading until I think God tells me otherwise. Mm-hmm. And yeah, but, but low key praying for uh, a younger member, whether it's James Joe or John Lee or, or someone else, Lucy Park, to take over. But, um, I guess, yeah, one of the reasons why I asked that question mm. was like, in terms of like capacity, it seems like there are many like things that is like on your plate as well. Mm. And I guess one of the conversations that um, I wanted to also ask was like, 
now that you're married and you have children as well mm. and also obviously you're working and how do we how do we or what, what is your like perspective on i guess ministry now um and how did it how has it changed or how how do you feel does it feel more does it feel like there's a lot more on your plate versus when you were like single and you had a lot more time um i guess yeah obviously like more responsibilities mm. come and yep. how have you managed that kind of capacity and yeah. <sighs> honestly that is it's a really good question um and it's a question that i'm still to an extent trying to figure out right now uh-huh. you know i think as a single man um you know, i was able to do a lot like you just have a lot more i felt like you had more time you know you can wake up you can exercise whenever you want you can yeah. finish work and um yeah you just have a lot more capacity you can get home at midnight and it's okay yeah. you know i think when i get ma- when i got married um something that sammy and i fought a lot about was my unwillingness to still compromise a lot of my single sort of serving life uh. she's not even serving to be honest it's even with Oztag, i didn't really give that up in, in my marriage i made a wedding video and in that wedding video i said that you know i was gonna quit Oztag when i got married but it didn't happen um and it, it was actually the source of a lot of our fights um you know like six four four five weeks before we got married i went on a mission trip inland yeah uh two months after uh we got married i went on an inland trip and and both of those times i've left sammy at home by herself and you know so and that's probably not the the wisest thing to do i think but i did it anyway um and uh the first couple of years of marriage um yeah we, we fought a lot about it i think sammy really struggled with the idea that daniel as the outreach leader felt like he had to always be there to impress others or to serve because he's the outreach leader. And I think, you know, she probably felt like I should be prioritizing home more. And, and I admit that like every day of the week, um, you know, I admit that I probably could have been a, a better husband. I should have been a better husband. Um, and so, yeah, I, I should have been wiser then. Um, and, and so the reason why I feel like that is true is because last year, even though I was still sort of small group leading and outreach leading, um, I, I did. I, I took a bit of a step back. So a few meetings, I joined online with small groups. Our small groups was very loving and very patient and it allowed me to lead online. And it meant that I was able to spend more time at home. Uh, you know, we had the birth of our second child as well, but it just meant more time at home. And it actually led to, you know, less friction between Sammy and I, overall happiness in, in our marriage and just for me just to spend more quality time with my kids and really grow as a father mm-hmm. made me really realize wow okay maybe the first couple of years i didn't do it i didn't do it well i think i just thought oh i'm still in ministry it's fine we can all make it happen but little did i know that sammy behind the scenes was just doing all the work mm-hmm. putting both kids to sleep you know she was alone you know most nights during the week because i was out doing ministry and i always felt like that was okay um, but with the benefit of hindsight, I think she is really the true MVP and, and a big shout out to, to Sammy, my wife, honestly. Yeah. Honestly. Right, right now. Right well. now. She's actually putting yeah, both kids to sleep right now while I'm here. And so, yeah, th- there was a lot that happened behind the scenes that allowed me to, to serve. And so just want everyone to know that, but look, I've always been someone that, that loves to serve. And so I think she also accepts that as well. And she's always been willing to still support me from 
the back, from the side, from the front, um, through prayer and just through words of encouragement. So, yeah, it's it hasn't been easy, but um, yeah, but it's been it's been really joyful serving. Mm. Amen. Oh, thank mm. you for sharing. No, mm. I, I really appreciate um, the humility that you just showed in terms of like, yeah, being so open about your shortcomings and mm. and and also being vulnerable and sharing about. Um, yeah, how marriage isn't easy, mm. and there is parts where we fall short and fail, you know, our partners and stuff mm. like that. And mm. so, no, thank you for sharing that, and and yeah, showing us that you know you guys still were able to move past it mm. and find a compromise, find common ground, and currently still working through yep. it as well. So it's like a ongoing process. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Uh, another thing that I I heard mm-hmm. that some people wanted to know mm-hmm. was about yeah, I guess finance. Um mm. yeah, how how do you um navigate through that whether it be giving, saving and being generous all at the same time. How does that look for you? Is that still something that's hard or yeah. Great question. Um you know, I think for me, finance has been some. Like, I, I work in finance. <laughs> like, my job is in wealth management, and so my day to day is making. You know, is is providing advice to rich people on how to use and invest their wealth. Um, but I don't do that for myself, to be honest. I think for me, finance has never been a big thing for me mm. personally. Um, I think it's probably from my parents and what they taught me about finances, but also, um, you know, I, I hope that it is actually from scripture, my, my view and my thoughts on it. So, um, you know, at the moment we do have the great privilege of, of owning a home, but I had never, ever intended to own a home. So um, I never had it saved for a deposit. I never knew how much was in my bank account. Uh, I was never looking at houses. I just, ne- I just thought, you know what? If I want to be, if I want to do cross-cultural missions, I don't want to be burdened with a mortgage. I genuinely thought that for a really long time. And so when we actually got married, Sammy was like, can you put all your money into the joint account so we can save for our wedding day? And literally, like I'd been working two, three years more than her, but she had way more, she had saved way more than me. <laughs> She's like, dude, where do you spend your money? And I'm like, I don't know. Um, I just felt like, you know, I just don't need to save. Like I'd rather just use the money to, to go out or to buy people lunch or to, to just to do things. And so that was my philosophy growing up. And, and to be honest, to this day, it's still the same. So Sammy's a saver uh, and I'm uh, sorry, Sammy's a spend, uh, sorry, Sammy's a saver and I'm the sort of the spender. I still to this day don't really know how much is in our bank account. Um, but one thing that we did share was even though we own a home, if at any point in time God calls us to cross-cultural mission, we will sell the home in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. Our home is God's home. And mm-hmm. so if anyone needs to use it or if anyone, you know, just needs it for whatever reason, like, you know, we want to open our doors always. We're happy to provide our home, you know, lock code if, if anyone mm-hmm. needs to come in at any point in time. It's God's house, honestly. I mean that um, um, hand on heart. But also I think like with giving, you know, someone told me that, you know, you're giving the right amount when it hurts. Mm. 
and I think it's very easy now. Now that I've been working for more than ten years, and you start having you know some more you know savings or whatever it is, it's very easy to give a small amount because you've got an abundance. But I think when you're giving just a small amount in abundance, look, it's I'll give credit to the giving, but I feel like you need to give when, yeah, you start to notice that you know it's not super comfortable giving that amount. And, and I feel like that's, it's only in those moments when you can really trust in God's provision when it hurts a little bit. Because you're kind of going, all right, I'm giving more than I should, but I trust that God is going to provide anyway in all circumstances because God mm. is good. Mm. And I think that philosophy has actually, I hope, has been, this is what I've been following. And I think just to this day, I feel just I've been blessed in many ways mm. not because necessarily of my faithfulness and like because it's a reward that god right. has given me but i just there's just so much i don't know i just feel like when i'm able to just live and spend and just use my finances for god's glory and not thinking about my balance all the time i feel like god just you know answers all my needs and right. and has provided everything so abundantly for which i'm joyful for what was like your because you said like a lot of your perspective on like mm. money was like influenced on how you grew up when you mm. were younger as well. What was that like when you were younger? So like my parents, you know, they they weren't high earners. Uh, uh. You know, they um, they were hard laborers. My birth, my parents did you know um, you know cleaned houses actually for a really long time, and so they were very hard workers. But despite you know paying a mortgage and you know not earning a huge salary, they still we still had guests over at house every week. You know, there were weeks where I, I felt like, you know, they shouldn't be cooking and, and, and inviting people, but they did anyway. And so I think just seeing the, the giving nature of my family and um, just their willingness to, to trust in God's provision, I think is something that I've really picked up and I'm really thankful for, uh, mm. for my parents. Mm. I guess like for like our young adults mm. who are currently like university students mm. working like casual jobs, um, and then I guess not being, I guess, full-time workers mm. won't be earning as much, say, mm. like, how do you think, how do you think is a wise kind of mindset in terms of dealing with money? Mm. What, what is the perspective you reckon we should have as a young adult kind of with money? Cause I guess mm. what culture tells us, or like even through social media is, like I, even like this week, like a lot of my, a lot of like randomly the feed comes is like about, oh, you should invest in this mm. investment, investment. Like mm. what, what should our mindset be as a Christian, as a young adult? Well, rather than investing in things that will yield a great earthly return, I think genuinely invest in people, invest in relationships, invest in God's people. Um, Look, I, look I, I'm probably not the best to provide financial advice, honestly, because, you know, please go out, you know, save money and, and, and have a goal like that. You know, those are all really great things. But, you know, for me, I think investing in people has been something that I've just seen so many faithful men and women do around my life. Mm. And just seeing how full their hearts are from being able to bless others. You know, for me, I think that provides a, a financial reward. Uh, sorry, a reward that's greater than any financial reward. Mm. And so, look, to the young guys out there who, you know, are really carefully looking at their bank balances every day, you know, please do it. But 
you know, love your neighbor as yourself, right? It's, 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 it's one of the greatest commandments that Jesus has talked about. If you love yourself and to the point where you're willing to save money, to buy nice clothes, to do things, have that same love for others and give generously because it is a greater blessing to give than to receive. Mm. And I tell you now that when you give generously to others for the work of the kingdom of God, you will be, it will be the greatest return, <laughs> better than any financial return, in my opinion. Mm. Yeah, like, it goes back to like what you were saying as well about like the contentment, Philippians 1, 12. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, Philippians 4, 4, 4, 4 12, versus 12, 13, yeah. Yeah, mm. yeah like definitely, um, I guess contentment, like I guess, because it talks about in the book of Matthew, like where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Mm. And it definitely, like nowadays for me, I feel like there's the, I guess, deception of striving hard for money Mm. and then kind of sometimes like use using it as an excuse Mm. um what i mean by that is oh i want to work hard earn this money so i can glorify god with this money Mm -hmm. and i think it could be deceptive at times like Mm -hmm. are we really serving god or are we really serving money Mm -hmm. um and like the prosperity gospel also is kind of like quite well known among among us. And mm. how do you think we can protect ourselves from falling into, I guess, these deceptions of striving after money? Um, yeah, how do you think we can protect ourselves? Not like not falling, not falling prey to like Satan's deceptions. Yeah, well, I think first and foremost, I I, I want to say that God owes us nothing. Right? There's nothing that we do in our lives, whether it's good for others, that, that earns us you know, greater... Like God doesn't owe us a greater blessing. He doesn't mm. owe us a greater financial return. God has already sent the greatest gift to us mm. through his son, Jesus. We deserve nothing. Now, with finances, I think... Um, gosh, I mean... <laughs> like... I, yeah, it, it's a tricky. So, I mean, yeah. just trying to think about your question again. I think, yeah, finances, oh, just like I think scripture is very clear, right? You can't worship both God and money. And there's, you know, the great parable of the, the rich ruler who obeys all commands, but, you know, walks away troubled because, you know, Jesus has asked him to, you know, would you be willing to give away yeah. your possessions? You know, in my honest opinion, I think having lots of assets and earning a good money, earning good money, I genuinely think it's a burden because you've got, you're now a, a, a greater steward uh. to more assets. Uh-huh. And so there's greater responsibility for you to use those finances for God's glory. And I think the more you earn, the more assets you have, the more comfortable you get, the more content you have to IJ's point that it becomes harder and harder to, to really tr- trust and rely on God's abundant provision mm. and so that's why i have so much faith uh encouragement and and respect for like you know the pastors out there or the missionaries out there that don't have regular like you know large regular salaries but they live still such faithful and content lives mm. and you start thinking to yourself like why am i earning a six-figure salary why am i earning 
Why am I trying to save all this money for what? Is it for greater happiness? Is it because everyone else is doing it? Is it because social media is telling you? No, I think scripture is very clear um, that God will provide you. Don't worry about t- tomorrow. Don't worry about any of that stuff. God will you know, focus on today and you know, God will provide everything and all your needs that you need um, to live each day. And I think having that mentality when mm. saving up or just using finances, I think is really important and mm. very tough to do in practice. Mm. Mm. Um, you know, I struggle with it obviously all the time, but um, just an encouragement to mm-hmm. everyone to just trust in God. Every yeah. Day. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's definitely the, the hard part is the trusting part, but mm. I guess that's why we have God's word to reassure us where, yeah, Matthew mm. six is, it does say like, but seek the kingdom mm. of God first and all those things will be mm. given unto you. So mm. it's just like the idea of Amen. where your heart is um, driven toward seeking the kingdom, furthering the kingdom. Mm. And then those things will fall into place naturally under mm. God's provision. Yep. And we just have to trust that truth. Mm. Um, even when we feel like we have no control yep. <laughs> over yeah. the situation, For sure. which is, that's always the hard part. Mm. Cool. Daniel. Yes. There are many things you are known for as well in the church, mm-hmm. whether it be speed, <laughs> your riz. <laughs> what, what does riz mean? Chari- charisma. Yeah, oh, game. Charisma. Okay. Back in the day, we used to call game. He's got game. Ah, yeah. okay. Yep. It would be a dishonor to not go past, not speak about how, I guess... You and Sammy met. Mm. Um, and any like dating advice? I think this is what everyone wants to hear from that. <laughs> the OG church 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 offer. Yeah. Church offer. Every church girl's first crush. Yeah, I heard a lot of uh, infa- like infamous stories about how if you were to ask a girl and they would give you their attention to you like straight away. Like okay. yeah, you that, had that. So that's someone else. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. My, my, my Riz game was not that strong. Yeah. Actually, you can't use that word, but yeah. Um, yeah, so Sammy and I met for the first time. Uh, sorry, but I didn't, oh, I didn't, I didn't really, um, oh, sorry, yeah, heads, yeah. I didn't really give you a heads up about this. Oh, no, I was, was okay. going to ask, but I was yeah. like, oh, it just came to my mind. No, is it all right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. If, if it's not all right, just, just edit it out. But. Yeah, we can edit it out later. <laughs> so Sammy and I met for the first time, I think in 2012. She was visiting here on a three-month, um, you know, internship. She is very good friends with Pastor William Sio, who used to be a pastor at our church. So she came to visit our church, and Pastor Will actually introduced us just to be as as friends uh, back in Belfield. And yeah, I was kind of like, oh, this 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 girl seems pretty cool. Um, you know, she's she seems pretty switched on. Um, you know, she's obviously come all this way from Melbourne, and she's still looking for a church. So I thought, okay, she's pretty cool. And um, yeah, I, I had heard that a group of guys were going on a, a on a like a hike, you know, the Bundina, the infamous Bundina wedding cake rock hike. Mm. And I remember going, I feel like a hike is a really great opportunity to get to know someone. I don't endorse this, and so, but for the first time, and it's actually the first and last time I took uh, a sickie from work. <laughs> I've never done one since, but I because I wanted to to join that hike, I wanted to get to know her, and so. We went on that hike. Uh, I got to know her a little bit better, but look, she made it very clear that she was just there on a, a short stint in Sydney and that she was going to go back to Melbourne. 
So I thought, you know what? Logistically, it's not going to happen. There's no point, you know, pursuing a relationship that's not going to work out. Now, um, you know, a few years passed. We, we kind of remained Facebook friends. Yeah. You know, that was kind of the thing in, 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 in our day. You know, we, don't, <laughs> we didn't really use many dating apps. Um, it was post the letter writing era, but it was, it was Facebook Messenger was kind of like the main thing. And mm. we kind of kept in contact every like six months. She was back then, she was really big into the NBA and that was a big tick for me. So honestly, our conversations would be, hey, how are you? You know, how's work? You know, how, how's this team in the NBA? And like, we would talk maybe, you know, a few sentences and then that was it. And then, you know, we kind of moved on. Um, and then, you know, there's once or twice when uh, I went down to Melbourne with a couple of friends or, or once for a work, work conference and we just caught up like for, for a coffee. Um, she, you know, she came out to the city. But again, we just kind of, it just remained friends. It was more really just platonic, just friends. And, and then for about a year, we, we just didn't speak. Um, you know, she had a relationship, I had a relationship. And so she, she ended up coming to our church in 2017, um, you know, didn't know about it. And so she came and I saw her at church one day and I was like, oh, that's, that's Sammy. Like, she looks very familiar. Um, and so after a few months of her attending, um, and obviously we, you know, got to, to speak. And so, um, you know, we went on a couple of dates. And, you know, because of that sort of history that we had um, a few years prior, um, you know, a, a, a couple, the couple of dates happened pretty quickly. And so by the second date, it became pretty clear that we had interest in each other. Mm. But I think for me... I thought to myself, okay, she's only been at our church for about four or five months. Um, we've already been on our second date. I think we need to, we need to be very clear about mm. our intentions. And, you know, as most of the, the, the guys know, it's always easy to, to follow the flesh. You know, you can always justify. Mm. Oh, you know, it's, it's because we're ready for marriage or all these, I've prayed about it. But really, as men, it's just because we just, the flesh is weak. We just yeah. want to be in a relationship. Mm. And so because I knew that, I, I told Sammy, look, um, we need to pray about this. So why don't we spend one month not talking at all and just spending one month just praying together. And that one month will allow us to really assess whether it's a flesh thing, whether we're just attracted to each other physically or whether this is something that is genuinely something that we want to pursue uh, for, for marriage. And so a month, um, a month passed and... You know, for me, I, I felt like I needed more time to pray. And so I actually messaged Sammy and we hadn't spoken for four weeks. And I said, look, I need more time. <laughs> and so she was probably like- so you, didn't, like- you didn't like message at all? No uh, message, no talk. I had no idea what she was doing. No reaction to Instagram stories, no like- no, nothing. We, we just wanted to pray, not to be distracted. And so after six weeks, you know, there was, cause there was a couple of prayer points that I was praying over. Um, and one of them was on the mission thing that I talked about before, you know, is Sammy someone that, you know, is, is open to missions and, and she's a, a missionary's daughter and she's had some, you know, trauma as a missionary's daughter. And so she had her own struggles that she was struggling, um, you know, dealing with. And so there was a couple of prayer points and at the six week mark, um, you know, I had scripture speak to me from Jeremiah, but also what I did was there were four people that I really kind of respected and, um, you know, with my pastors in my life. And so I had Pastor Anton, um, James's father, who was my pastor. I had Pastor Alex, who, you know, was I mentioned before, kind of like my mentor. Um, I had Pastor William, who was a friend and a pastor at the time, and Richard, uh, he's an older brother of mine. So f I messaged all four of them and I said, I'm so sorry, it's urgent. Can you guys make time for me in the next two days? And so all four of them agreed to meet with me separately, one-on-one, 
uh, over a space of two days and I shared about what had been happening between Sammy and I, the prayer, how we approached it, where we are in our marriage. And I really just consulted them and I said to myself, if one of the four say, Daniel, I don't think you should pursue this relationship or maybe you should wait, I was willing to just call it off. Wow. Mm. But all four, thankfully, you know, some with, you know, some words of, you know, caution and advice, but all four of them kind of said, look, Daniel, like we've been praying for you as well. Um, you know, I think, I think, yeah, we, we, we bless you and we think, you know, you should, you know, uh, pursue this relationship. And so after I got sort of, you know, confirmation from God to scripture and then through the encouragement of four people that I really trust, um, I then sort of called, met up with Sammy, you know, probably a couple of days later and I said, look, I think, would you be, you know, Mm-mm. open to um, pursuing this relationship? And I think the benefit of that was when we fought, probably when we were dating, um, I think because we were able to really approach our relationship through lots of prayer, mm. it, it, it kind of always drew us back to that. Mm. We knew it was going to be hard, but you know what? God gave us peace at, at least this relationship. We weren't married, so like, we were still single, obviously, yeah. mm. but there was just a lot of peace knowing that, look, I think, yeah, I think God has really allowed us to come together, so let's continue to remember how we came about, and so mm. let's just keep pushing through. Mm. Definitely, I think a lot of the boys are going to like that story. Mm. And or will they? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do they really want to pray? <laughs> I know. Well, the six weeks it's, were really hard. To, it's, a, it's a hard thing. It's a yeah. big thing. Because you, you start thinking like, oh, what if she's changed her mind? Yeah. Or yes. what if... The mind games. Yeah. yeah. But it's... <sighs> I took a lot of wisdom from your story though. Mm. That's why I wanted to hear it again. Yeah. And like maybe for the boys as well. Yeah. Mm. But yeah. So patience in the Lord, seeking the Lord. Yeah. And then seeking the counsel of older wise Christian men that you mm-hmm. respect. Definitely recommend mm. it. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, that sounds sounds great. I think mm. that's that's a solid way to do it. Mm. Um, yeah, and and knowing that you guys had history as well. Mm. So boys, don't just do it to a stranger. <laughs> Get to know them. Be a good Christian brother. That's right. In group context, maybe. Yep. <laughs> and not Agreed. just ask them one on one. That's weird. But. <laughs> Like just for like practical advice, like just mm. like practical advice, mm. like how, how what's the um, do you have any like real advice for young adults? <laughs> how to ask a a church sister? Gosh, uh, my my Riz game on this is is very you know very low, very outdated. As in, I, how, I don't even know if I'm using that right. How, how did you like um, ask Sammy on uh, uh, like to meet up? Just like, just meet up. Well, uh, I mean, the, so if I take a step back, I remember one advice that someone always said to me was, you know, when you want to pursue a relationship, um, always look to Christ first. And as you are walking with Christ, you'll see people around you walking together. You know, and I think that's really important. I think when you're, pursu- if you're pursuing the, the woman first, I think you will be deceived. Mm. And I think, but if you're looking to Christ and as you are doing that and serving the Lord, serving the church and you see people around you, you know, walking that journey with you, I think, I think it's important for a couple of reasons. A, you're on the same page. You love the Lord together. But I think you also see sisters or or people in general in just a different way when you're serving with them. You you know what I'm saying, Mm. right? Like if you just look at a profile picture of someone, yeah, you can just judge them so easily just on their looks, right? Like you're like, yeah, she's a seven out of 10, you know, or she's a five out of 10. But I feel like when you actually see people in ministry and just doing things together, like 
it just makes them way more attractive. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm. And mm. so I think, yeah, focus on Christ and let and see sisters the way that God sees them. Mm. And how dare us as men judge women based on their looks or based on what you know they do or don't do. We should see them the way that God sees them. In terms of like how do we approach, I don't know. Um, you know, Pastor William was a really good Cupid for us. And so he did a lot of like, hey, Dan, you know, do you want to catch up with Sammy? Between? So the first couple of times he actually played wingman for us. Did you, did you um, message Pastor Will to like? Yeah, yeah, I did actually. Yeah, I, I said, yeah. So actually we met at Red Pepper in Strathfield. I still remember actually. <laughs> um, yeah, we had fried chicken and yeah, he, he, he really helped break the ice. That was really helpful, but he had a good relationship with both of us. And so that was very um, helpful. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, in, in today's context, please, yeah, speak to others, you know, get their counsel, get their wisdom, you know, sending messages and DM and stuff. Look, I'm, look, I'm sure that that's fine, but like, just don't do it too much. Yeah, <laughs> don't just, yeah. you know, spray bullets and hope for the best. But mm-hmm. look, but then I also appreciate that that's kind of the, um, you know, it's kind of where, you know, things are these days. And so, um, but please, before you do send a DM, you know, pray about it and really seek wisdom from it. Um, but try to see your sisters the way that God sees them first. Um, and yeah, but look, if, if there is a wingman, seek that wingman to help you out. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, mm. I, I guess, uh, there are, yeah, I did say a lot of things about Daniel, how he is the Aztec king. <laughs> Not is, anymore. There There's is, a new era. The Riz Master. I'm pretty sure you still got it, dude. (laughs) (laughs) No way. We have to retire your jersey. Jokes aside, yeah, definitely Daniel is a solid man. I guess what is like the next kind of vision or next step that you have in mind? Um, What is next in line for the Chang family or Mm. anything that you want to share with us? Any prayer points that you would like? Mm. Or the men of the church well, I guess overall I'd like to pray for you as well Yep Look I think 2024 I'm, re- I'm really looking forward to it Because You know I think last year Was pretty tough physically And, and spiritually And mentally actually Pro- Everything It was, it was tough everything. year Because yeah. you know It was the second year it was, a se- it was our second child was born It was a pretty short age gap Between Isaac and Caleb And you know Work was very busy there was a lot going on and so i think last year was a challenging year but this year look um you know sammy and i really started on a, on a good front um but like one thing that's been on our on our minds and i've been to be honest talking about this for a really long time and so things might not change but please do pray so sammy and i are, are really praying about you know going and, and just living for a very short time in in brie in brie Warrena, um which is you know new south wales which is where we go on inland um there are plans to kind of go for about a month uh in probably may and june and that's it's a really big deal for us as a family because we've got two young kids um but also you know i'm going we're going as a family you know a lot of times i go on mission myself um but one of the big reasons for that we're going for a month is so that we can see as a family whether this is something that god wants us to do longer term Mm. 
And so, I mean, yeah, that, that's probably the, the biggest reason. And obviously other reasons is we want to go and support the ministry. We want to support mm. the local church. We want to help Angela and the school in Bree and in Gungolgan and other areas. But one of the big things is, you know, is, is Bree and inland mission something that Sammy and I can do for a longer period of time. And a month is still really short. I get it. But yeah, really keen to see how God opens or closes doors. Uh, but please pray that, you know, we can go. Firstly, in May and June, and when we go, that we can be um, effective as a family and that God can really speak to us and use us for his glory. Mm. Amen. Mm. Oh, that's a big pro point. Mm. And mm. That's, a, that's a very um, big thing to navigate through and figure out with God. But yeah, mm. definitely, I'll be in our prayers and mm. hopefully with all the listeners as well. But, oh, that's, that's a super... Uh, encouraging thing and a big thing mm. to to want to step toward and yeah god bless man <laughs> mm. yeah so yeah. We'll see what happens yeah. but on that note thanks thanks for coming tonight and and bearing your life uh with mm. us and sharing how good god is mm. um mm. and how he has been just so loving and faithful through all the stages. Of, I felt like mm. we've heard all the stages of your life <laughs> from troubled yeah. teen years uh, to, to now married mm. with two kids and, mm. and serving the Lord and thinking about mission. And wow, what a, what a, what a way that God moves uh, in, in, in mm. at least, especially in your life and seeing that transform. But um, God, God is good. Oh, <laughs> God is good. Wow. In unison. In unison. Praise the Lord. (laughs) Honestly. There's there's no other way to say it than to say that, yeah, it's God enables all and it's all because of our Lord Jesus Christ. Honestly. So Amen. Amen. Or as he one would say. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Shout out Hallelujah. to uh, Pastor Hewan. I love him so much. Yes, yes. Man. And it's because of him that I'm on this show. So. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> yes, but um, you've been listening to the King's Army Podcast and we'll be signing off. Thanks for listening. Thanks for joining in. You've been here with your host, IJ. James. And our guest. Hello. My name is Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> Till next time. God bless. Stay classy. Stay classy.